Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Clickbait. You have your lovely co-host here ready to bring you another bomb-ass episode. You heard? Anyway, so we have some insane Bachelor Nation news like, I don't know, one of our paradise couples getting married. Leading into some clickbait of the week, talking about the major differences between healthy and toxic relationships. We have a guest that I am so incredibly excited for. I have been fangirling for years over this man. Justin Anderson is here to talk to us about all things major, fabulous, fun, exciting, hair, anything underneath the sun, because he's just he's just everything. So I cannot wait to get started for this week's Bachelor Nation breakdown. Okay, for the first Bachelor Nation breakdown, Raven and Adam got married this weekend, and I could not be happier for them. They are one of the relationships that I have admired so much. They are a Paradise original. They have yes. dated for four years, and they've actually been engaged for two. They almost didn't get married just because of the pandemic. They were supposed to get married last May 2020. They finally were able to ring those wedding bells and put the rings on one another and just say, I do. And I'm so incredibly happy for them. So congrats, Raven and Adam. Yes, I um. So, so what do you know? Them? I do. I do. I um, like uh, I met Raven and Adam. I met them in paradise. Or Chris and Crystal's wedding. That's where I met them. I really like them both. Joe, Very you down- were there? Yeah, I was. I was there. I was there. Yeah. I Did we talk? I don't think so because you were filming and I was there for the wedding. So like they kind of separated us. But Adam and Raven were also there for the wedding. Yeah. I really like them. They're very cool. Very down to earth. Um, I think they are going to be happily married. And I think that is one of the keys to going on our show and going on reality TV is after the show, I think you should give it some time, let the relationship just flourish, some would say. And those to me seem to be the, the relationships that last, opposed to yeah. jumping into marriage too quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually really funny because like I don't want to bring myself into this right now, but Zach and I have you know, really been working through a lot of things. And it's so funny. Like, I completely agree with you. Like, at first, we were like, let's get married tomorrow. And now that we're working through a lot of the things, it's just like, hold on. Like, there's so much that really goes into a successful relationship. And we both did that because we've both been married. But it's just like, it takes time to, like, get to know each other in and out. You know, it's not just one conversation that you can have on the phone. It's not one just one night of talking and staying up and, like, it's years of getting to know somebody. So, yeah. mm-hmm. and I, getting to know how you're gonna deal with conflict when things come up. I'm excited. That's a plug for our clickbait that's coming up later, but I'm excited to talk about that. But also I was happy to read and hear about this because it's like the beginning of all of these people. There's so many people who had to put their weddings off because of COVID mm-hmm. and so many people who unfortunately didn't get their money back for certain venues and actually the last thing that i did before the world shut down was actually go to a wedding my cousin's wedding so yeah and literally the next week like the next weekend you know the place was booked out uh in in florida where she got married and the next week it got shut down it got completely like the the venue got shut down and a lot of people didn't get deposits back and 
it's just awful. So I really, I hope this is the start, you know, shout out to all the people who have been holding out and <laughs> waiting for that. But I hope this is the start of people. There's actually a light at married. the end of the tunnel, honey. Going into our second Bachelor Nation breakdown of the week, um, Caitlin Bristow shares her battle with anxiety. And, you know, she really was just talking to the masses and trying to see how people deal with anxiety because they feel like there is no, I don't know, right or wrong way to deal with anxiety, I feel like. I feel like everybody has their own technique and it ebbs and flows like as anxiety comes along and I think it's just really interesting conversation to have. And I love that people are actually talking about real things online as opposed to just like pretending that life is great. Yeah. Um, and is, uh, well, I'm just saying like, but we do have a lot of highs and we do have a lot of lows. Like, yeah, I'm like happy 90% of the day, but like 10% of the day, like, yeah, did I cry this morning? Sure. I did. Like, I also have things I'm going through. You know what I mean? Yeah, so can I, can I yeah. ask you, how do you, how do you deal with anxiety? Um, I actually, I, I really do rely on my support system. I feel like I can call my mom and or I can call my best friend and sometimes just hearing, like talking it through and just kind of like hearing my problems out loud and like knowing that it's not as big of a deal or just like, you know what I mean? Just talking through it really helps me. Yeah. Also just kind of doing something mindlessly, like either running or just playing a game even like it just it kind of distracts me and like brings me back to i don't know normal thinking yeah. what about you no, it's, it's normal uh, I, I i agree i'm with you i like to talk i like to talk with people talk it mm -hmm. out um i also believe talking that, it out what's talking, up mike yeah, <laughs> what up brian we'll be talking about that next uh <laughs> next article um but i think i think i agree i think sweating like running a workout mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. really helps i i believe sweating is like the most important thing to do at least for me you know what's really funny is like i just want to point one thing out here i feel like a lot of people do talk about anxiety and they talk about sweating right and they talk about running or doing something active and some people talk about yeah like this is where like i kind of like i run and i mindlessly like don't think about anything listen to music and that clears their head or they think about life's problems or they they really are able to be in tune with their thoughts while they're running. I'm definitely the person that doesn't like to think about anything. You know what I mean? Like I like yeah. to disappear and like not think about the world. And it's really interesting to me, like how people run and think about their problems. I'm like, no, that's where I'm trying to like escape it. Like, do you guys do that? Because I always feel like I'm doing it wrong. I'm like, I don't use my workouts for that. Well, I think it's important to understand that it's energy, right? When you're working mm -hmm. out, when you are sweating, you're releasing energy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when we get anxious, we there's it's pent up energy that we don't mm -hmm. know where to put it. Right. Right. So when you sweat, you know, that's when you, it's releasing energy. When you cry, that's releasing energy. These are all things. That's why when they say things like men can't cry, it's like, it's just a release of energy. It's not this, like you're this crazy emotional person. It's just literally the same thing as sweating, right? right. It's a release yeah. of energy to your body. So regardless of what people use, I think the most important thing for people to get is like, we're not our anxious thoughts. We have so many thoughts throughout the day i don't i don't want to say the wrong number but there's a it's a ridiculous amount of, you know three hundred thousand thoughts a day i don't know right 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 and when you think about that 
not every thought is going to be positive. Not every thought is going to be negative. Not every thought is going to serve you in the right way. So we have all these outside influences as well. We have the news. We have the media. We see so many negative images. We see so many positive images. This is all telling our brain to think like this, think like that, do this, do that, blah, 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 blah. If we, this is why monks leave everything alone in their world and go off and not, and just be by themselves because they have no outside images to bring more anxiety to bring more depression to bring more than they already have so uh, you know yeah so we are i say it all the time products of our environment so if you're in a very high stress position you're gonna feel stress you're if it's around you if you're in an anxious you know if you're in an anxious place you're gonna feel anxious right so very true yeah, that balancing out. Um, and also if you're just in a place where there's a lot of energy, right? If you if you're a person who I don't know, I always think about dogs now that I have one. If you're a person who works with dogs and they're barking all day, every day, you you can't just be like, hmm, that doesn't like, bother me. You know, you're yeah. gonna be like, What the fuck? Like, stop. What? You know? <laughs> so you're gonna it's just a lot of energy. You feel that. So my biggest thing that I tell people as a meditation teacher is knowing that you are not your anxious thoughts and it's okay to have them welcome them hello hi I'm feeling crazy right now and let me go through what I'm doing or let me let me focus on the moment that I'm in right now opposed to the future or the past and and that's kind of how for myself I get through those anxious moments I actually really appreciate that because I feel like right now Caitlin and actually myself feel very anxious and feel very we're definitely in our own thoughts but I also feel like it's because of the fact that we are kind of in quarantine and I feel like Mm -hmm. these are things that so many people have you know been living through like the past year yes everyone has been feeling anxious everyone has been feeling so many things that we're not used to feeling because it's just a product of our environment and the thing is like we are kind of stuck in our homes and like right now I mean I'm not saying like we're in a prison cell but I'm saying like we are kind of stuck in a hotel where we're not seeing our friends and our family and we're not able to like go out and about and just like live normal life so um, I would really love to hear like what people have like learned over like the past year, like to use as a coping mechanism for their anxiety. If you guys can like, I don't know, send us some, you know, helpful tips. We would love to share that with everybody else. Cause I know this is something that like, for me, I don't think I'm an anxious person or I've never been someone to suffer from anxiety, but I have, if that makes sense. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. 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 And yeah. I think we all, we all definitely handle it differently. For me, I can't keep anything bottled in. I'm an open book. Mm-hmm. And I think that leads perfectly into our next Bachelor Nation headline. Ben Higgins praises Zach Clark for opening up about his drug use on the show. Um, he goes on Talking It Out, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And it's why I really love listening to their podcast because I feel like they talk about things that most people are uncomfortable talking about, mm-hmm. especially coming from reality TV. And yeah. it isn't easy. Like you go on a show like The Bachelor and to open up about being addicted to prescription drugs, you know, it's a, it has a stigma to it. So to be able to go on that podcast and talk about it and just to let it out there, um, I think is great. And I love Zach and I, I love hearing him talk about it. And it seems like he's really... Um, handled it extremely extremely well and seems like he just keeps pushing forward but i'll let uh Tasha talk a little bit about that 
<laughs> well, I'm excited for you guys to all hear the episode just because part two is coming on Monday. They do touch about a lot of the things that Zach has been, you know, has dealt with in his life. And I feel like, you know, it's been really interesting, um, you know, dating and get to know him because I feel like there's so much that makes us us. And yeah. addiction yes. is, I understand that it has like a heavy weight. You know, but I feel like we all have like little things about us that can be just as big. It's just not as prominent as like, you know, overdosing or or, or doing drugs. You know what I mean? You get what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say? Yes. Fuck, I yes. just fucked that up. Anyway, no, I get what you're trying to say. You're, you're basically I'm... saying that people, some people go to drugs, some people go to other things. Absolutely. Right, right. Yes, I and got you. It's, it's just interesting to like learn about his journey and how he's coped with it and like how he's completely turned his life around and like how I can benefit from that. Like I learned something about what I can do differently every single day from him. So I, I'm just really proud of Mike and Brian for having such a real and raw podcast and being able to really, you know, talk about these issues, but also I'm really proud of Zach for feeling compelled to talk about real life, everyday issues that a lot of people go through on national television. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it's ever been something that, you know, we've seen, especially like on a reality show like ours. And there were so many men that really talked about real life issues. And I commend them because it's not easy. It's yes. a lot of it's it's really hard and it's really easy to bottle it up and not come out. And it's even more of a burden. So, um, yeah, just talking. Being, being uh, It's really great, too, because being comfortable in your skin. And when I listen to their podcast, that's what I hear from Mike from Brian and also when talking to Zach when he was on our podcast and when I met him he's just a person who's very comfortable in his skin and when you are a person who are comfortable in your skin it's like yeah this happened to me or yeah I did this and I'm okay to talk about it because I got through it I'm not still Mm -hmm. dealing with it to this magnitude and I got through it and so when I hear Mike and Brian lean into something someone will say something and they lean in and they're like oh hold on wait let's go let's go let's go deeper there you know so so I'm excited to hear about um I'm excited to hear the second part and just keep going I mean they we gotta lean into these things we really do and leaning into issues actually and leaning into um conflict as our clickbait of the article (laughs) of the week says it's the biggest difference between healthy relationships and toxic relationships and Mm -hmm. i think this is one of the reasons why not to just piggyback but this is one of the reasons why brian and rachel probably have such a healthy relationship is because when we can find two people that can lean into conflict or lean into whatever issues they have because they are comfortable in their skin, this is what we get. And that brings us to the clickbait of the week, which talks about the major differences between healthy relationships and toxic relationships. And I'm so excited to get into this with you guys. So the clickbait article of the week, we're talking about that. And my question to you guys is, do you ever think in past relationships or even in your current relationship now, Tasha, when you have a conflict, do you think that talking about it will result in a problem or suffering or some sort of argument? Have you guys ever felt that way? I mean, I think it's tricky because it depends on the subject. It could be like, if it's something you're both really passionate about or like you're, 
your hearts are on the line. I feel like it could be more of like it could end in an argument if you're expecting a certain outcome, if you're expecting a certain reaction, if you're expecting for a person to feel a certain way and they don't um, act how you want you kind of put your walls up and it does end in like a, well, why not this? Why not that? Like this, you know what I mean? And it does end up in more of an argument, but I feel like that's kind of where a healthy relationship comes into play. If like you can have an open and honest conversation and be like, I need to talk about something that's on my heart. It might be difficult, but like, let's try to be as open-minded as possible. And like, let's put our guard down. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And it's a, and you create, it's a safe space. And mm-hmm. you don't feel that that other person is going to tear your head off because mm-hmm. you feel a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. I I have struggled with that in relationships. Like, I don't want to say exactly how I feel because I don't know how this person's going to react. But it's because, be it him, be it me, whatever, ha- we haven't created a safe space to actually talk about things that bother us. And that's why I will anxiously keep things to myself. And then, uh, you know, it doesn't work out. What about you, Joe? No, I agree. I mean, keeping things to yourself, it, that never works out. But it's also very hard to, you know, sometimes when, when the person you're with does something that you think is annoying or you don't want to, uh, you know, it, it's also sometimes it's hard to talk about that because mm-hmm. you don't know if you're right and everybody's different. And now you're basically, you know, you're just calling that person out. So it, it's difficult, but you just have to, you have to just be honest with yourself first and once you do that you just have to say how you feel because if you don't you keep it bottled in you're fucked i mean it's just gonna explode i was gonna say like and i hope zach doesn't mind me open up about this but this is more so on myself but it's just like it's funny because we were having a conversation about something that's like a big deal but it's like a key piece to our foundation of what we were talking about i'm not gonna like really go into specifics but for myself it's funny because um, my walls go up when the word doubt gets put out there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Is it, is, this is going to be a lot. This is going to be a lot. That's fine. <laughs> I, I mean, this is a podcast this is, where we talk. So, well, this is what I'm talking do? about. About like yeah. how like conversations, like how you can be able to be like real and open and honest. And yeah. when someone says that there's a doubt there, for me, my mind goes like, oh, well, it's done. Like it's gone. Like you see this as something bad. Like. We're not going to make it like as opposed to for him. It's more of like, no, like I have curiosity there. Like there is something that I want to explore here. And there's a conversation that needs to be had. Okay. Because I'm going to stop you real quick because in your head, you think there shouldn't be any doubt. doubt. Correct. I get that. I, I, I I kind of, I think the same way I get Mm. that. I do get that. Okay. So according to the article, even doubt, because mm-hmm. th- what makes a healthy relationship is in this article, and this is why I love this article, is how you handle conflict. Mm-hmm. So if someone says that and you say, oh, there shouldn't be any doubt, I'm out. That's you being one of these things, uh, maybe passive aggressive, maybe a victim, maybe maybe bringing um, not past. R- right. Right. Or your ego. Really, it could be an ego thing in the sense that how could you for me for sure? Yeah, how could you doubt me when I do this for you or that for you? I show up for you, whatever. Da 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 da. And so, it's a feeling that one person has, and I think that 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 space that you create 
that space that you create between the two of you, you should be able to say anything, even that crazy word. Doubt. Right. Which is why I'm saying it's just like, it's very interesting. Like even reading this article, like for me, that could be something that's toxic that I'm bringing into the relationship. But it's right. because I have a negative connotation on that word because of past hurt. But yes. it's like, it's so important to be able to have those conversations, but also be able to like unpack that, which is a lot. Mm -hmm. yes. It's a lot. And and it took us a lot of work for me to even realize that that word has a negative effect in my mind. So it's just, there are so many toxic and toxic things that could be affecting your relationship when you're trying to have a healthy conversation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But there's things that are on us individually that kind of twist the conversation into having like it. I don't know, bringing up the negatives of us. I don't know if I'm really making any sense anymore. No, you are. Yeah. You are. Yeah. I, th I think the key is just, you just got to be honest with yourself. And it's not easy at times that we all, we all lie to ourselves and we all. Okay. Well, I'm not saying I lie to my damn self. There goes that ego again. No, but there here's goes the, the thing. ego. <laughs> but the, that's funny. That's really funny. But the defense, the, de the defensiveness and the criticism and the, the stonewalling and the contempt is what this article talks about. And that's what we have to actively work on, on yeah. our own, in our relationships. Am I being asking yourself, are, am I being defensive? Am I saying that out of ego? Am I yeah. saying that, you know, so that's something that we need to work on in both parties. So this, this was a really great article. And listen, uh, your confidence in your relationship to solve problems is the most important. And that's, mm -hmm. that's the takeaway here for this clickbait article. Wait, so Tasha, how do you feel? You're nominated for MTV Movie Award. How how do you feel? How do you really? feel? This is so wild. Uh, really? Are you guys punking me? No. No. So wait, now no. are you considered a movie star? <laughs> are you? Don't get ahead of yourself. Oh my god, this is wild. Best I'm, dating show category. Oh, we got what do we gotta do? Do we gotta vote? What do we gotta do? What do we gotta do? Uh, we yeah. gotta vote. You gotta vote. We, gotta, okay. we have to vote, right? It's the people, right? Oh my yes, god, I could cry. People. This it's is so people. fun. Okay. So everyone listening to this podcast right now, take out your phone. You're going to head to vote.mtv.com and you're going to click that button for our girl, Tasha. And she's going to get an award. Wow. This and then she's going to she's going to she's not going to have an acceptance speech. She's going to wait to come on this podcast and do her real yes. acceptance <laughs> speech. Okay. Wait, this is actually freaking wild. I, How do you feel? There, I'm speechless, and you know that takes a lot. So that <laughs> that's amazing. I don't even know. Does Zachary know? I need to call Zachary. Confidence, confidence is key, and you know what? That goes perfect with our guest coming up. It is that time, people. We have the one and only Justin Anderson on. He is probably the most popular hair colorist in, I don't know, the country. He's been on reality TV. He's hysterical on Instagram, TikTok, you name it. He's done everyone's hair from Gwyneth Paltrow to Jennifer Aniston. I mean, the list doesn't stop. Please, everybody, welcome Justin Anderson. Justin, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? I'm excited to be here. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. Yes, we are How good. are you? Where are you right now? I'm in Nashville. So I live I live in Nashville now. I moved here to do it like part time, but then with COVID and all that, I kind of just got stuck in Nashville. So it's right. good to be here, honestly. 
Are you? I have yet to go to Nashville. Yeah, I am going to stay in Nashville. I love it so much. You know, I, um, I've i always done hair color, but now I have my own product line, DP Hue, and that's really my mm-hmm. main business. So um, I can kind of live anywhere. And going back to LA to work with my celebrities will be like more kind of for fun when things are normal again. So I'll go back every once in a while, but I don't miss LA, to be honest, at all. Yeah. Right? Is uh-huh. it, why? Because it's claustrophobic, it's too many people, the, the type of people, what is it? Too sweat out. I'm 40, you know? It's like, I tur- I got to a certain age and I'm like, I can't do this LA life anymore. And I'm a person <laughs> who my whole life loved Los Angeles. I was born and yeah. raised there. So all my yeah. family's there. But honestly, I just like hit a point where I was like, you know what? Like this isn't the quality of life that I want being stuck in traffic all the time. Right. And so now with the place that I'm at in my life, like I can visit LA when I miss it, get the good things out of it and then take off. But I have to throw this out there because I don't want anybody to hate on me. I am so appreciative of what LA Los Angeles did for my business, you know. Absolutely. Of course. Of course. But I'm so happy in Nashville now. Yeah. No, but that's making sense. That's beautiful. Can I ask you, do you prefer to work on celebrity hair or non-celebrity hair? <laughs> I like that question. You know what's so funny about that is, honest to God, and I'm not sugarcoating this, my celebrities are the greatest clients. The worst were like the bored housewives in Beverly Hills, like women who had a lot of time on their hands to complain about nitpicky things, you know? Like, mm. The blonde could be a little bit lighter and i'm like girl like come on so honestly the celebrities they were the best they were busy they kind of wanted to get in and out um they're also super interesting i like to have like deep interesting conversations and i got to yeah. work with some of the greatest women i mean there were a few that i didn't like but over my whole career, <laughs> career I like I got to work always with all right we gotta we gotta ask you no you can't put him on the spot why, i'm not trying why, to protect why? you all right could you name someone you didn't like or at least give us a clue you know, it's funny because I don't want to be, and here's a, I'm an open book. I'll say anything, but I don't ever want to be that person to be like, I don't like so-and-so. They're not a good person. Maybe we didn't vibe, you know, maybe. I didn't right. Vibe. Right. So for me, if you're just like an open, honest person, like Jennifer Aniston, out of this world, amazing. Gwyneth Paltrow, amazing. Margot Robbie, incredible. Miley Cyrus, one of my best friends, like uh. good, good, fun people, you know? But then there's are some of those women that just like take life a bit too seriously. And I mm-hmm. just think we're a match. You know, I want to laugh at a lot of things. So there were a few. I mean, uh, everybody's favorite daytime talk show host. Maybe she, the one that dances <laughs> on stage. I I maybe, oh, no, you're oh, good. Okay. Okay. Good. That's good. it. We got it. We got we you. Got you baby. Mm-hmm. There's the clickbait. Don't worry. There, we don't there want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. But I will say, even with Not that, surprised. if you to figure out who that is, I still love her as a person, but working with her was different. Sometimes working for somebody feels like you're working for them, and I didn't I didn't like that. But I mean, yeah. it's like, like Katy Perry, I didn't I didn't uh, mesh with. We just had a different person. I think Katy Perry wants like a, a gay guy to work on who is like, yes, queen, you're fabulous. You go, girl. And like, that's not fun to me. I want to get <laughs> and talk, and she didn't want to get close. You want to talk. You really? want to like yeah. have real conversations with these people. So I yeah. couldn't say like, oh, I don't like Katy Perry. She's not a good person. We just didn't click. We didn't find yeah. so And that's, that's okay. That's and that's great. Like that yeah. That I would run into. Okay, yes. so wait. How did you get into the world of hair color? Because I feel like you have really made a name for yourself. And I feel like, I mean, to be honest with you, I've seen so many of people that I love with you. So how does that even come about? Like how, what does that journey look like? Um, well, it's funny, you know, I've, I've always been obsessed with hair since I was a little kid and I grew mm-hmm. up in a Mormon family. I went to college and like halfway through college, I was like, I really want to do hair, but I'm so afraid to tell my parents. 
And so what I ended up telling my parents, I come from a big Mormon family, and basically me telling my parents I wanted to drop out of college and go to beauty school was like coming out of the closet. They're like, wait, yeah. okay, then? you know, so I was so nervous <laughs> yeah. about all that. But I was so obsessed with hair that I think that once I ended up doing it and I was I was so into it, it was just it was just a matter of time before celebrities started coming to me because I, I was really good at it because I love it. So right. Much. Right. Um, that started happening. And then I can say like I think once I started doing somebody like Jennifer Aniston, then all of a sudden a lot of celebrities start coming in, right? Because everybody wants Jennifer Aniston's hair. Um, Absolutely. But then there was a whole point, too, where I started doing like everyone that came off The Bachelor. The minute anybody would come off of The Bachelor, all of a sudden they'd be in my chair. But that was more like um, a lot of my team from VPHU would reach out to them and say, hey, Dustin, wants yes. to work with you? Or, or vice versa. They would reach out and I'd bring them in. And to be honest, like I'm a huge fan of reality TV. So like my to me, real celebrities are reality TV stars. Like I love yes. them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Like, I got way more excited about that. Like give me like a Caitlin Bristow. Over well, Jennifer Aniston can't embrace them. Maybe they're on the same. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston, you can't really get much bigger. You can't get much bigger. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston also uh, loves The Bachelor, by the way. Mm-hmm. We talk about also. It's so funny because when I would do Bachelor people and I would post it to social media, Jennifer Aniston. This isn't giving away any secrets, but the next time I would see her, she's like, "Wait, did you just meet so and so?" Like we were talking. No, about definitely a fan. I will admit that a few times I got invited to go over to Jennifer Aniston's house to watch The Bachelor. <gasps> Oh, is that a secret? I hope it's not. I know that's not a secret. secret. No, she she talks about it. She's talked yeah. about it before. Yeah, she <laughs> talked about it. She likes it. The fact I mean, that there's a chance that she knows who I am is good. That's all I need. That's by the way, by the way, that that brings me to my next thing. Joe definitely slid into her DMs and was like. Hey, I have she a podcast. Would you would you want to come on our podcast? <laughs> she didn't respond. It. Yeah, and That's she didn't even respond. She didn't even respond. But whatever. I, She's like, a busy woman. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about the rejection. Uh, I want to go back. Can I go back to um, when you did come out to your parents? How did they handle it? I have a two part question. When you came out to your parents, how they handled it? And when you started in here, did you ever imagine you were going to be as big as you are? Um, when I came out to my parents, they were pretty good. You know, like I said, I come from a religious background, Mormon, um, mm-hmm. but my parents themselves were really great. I remember my dad, he's a big, strong guy, gave me a big hug. He's like, Justin, you have to be yourself. If anyone doesn't understand, it's just going to take them a little bit more time, but don't even worry about that. So I had yes. a really great coming out experience and That's then amazing. going into hair, to be honest, yeah, I knew I would be good at it. I've always had like a lot of confidence right. because I'm a very realistic person, you know, like I feel like. I know when I'm good at something, mm-hmm. I admit when I'm not. And um, I did, I said, if I'm gonna do hair, I'm gonna be the best. I told my parents when they got mad about me going to beauty school, I'm like, I'm gonna do so many celebrities. I'm gonna have my own hair care line. I'm gonna prove you guys wrong. And then look where I am now. You know? I mean, look at where you are now. into existence. I love that. I'm living for that. And, and that is amazing. I also wanna ask you, you said you come from a big family. How many siblings do you have and how many are sisters? And where are they your guinea pigs? <laughs> Um, so I have two brothers and then I have a baby sister. So when my sister was born, I mean, I put that girl's hair in sponge rollers every night. I think I highlighted her hair when she was eight years old. So like my yes. sister was like my own personal Barbie doll. She, to this day, she's my best friend. We do everything together. But uh, I was very excited to have a little sister. I did not want to be the only guy in, in the family. <laughs> oh my God. God. To be oh honest God. with you. Your sister, she has the best older brother because now she gets her hair done. It looks fabulous all the time. Does your mom, you, do you do your mom's hair too? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do everybody's hair. Of course you do. Of course you do. But speaking of best friends, Kristen Cavalieri is your best friend. 
who is another person Joe has a crush on. We'll just keep that hush hush. No, it doesn't have to go anywhere, but <laughs> I could go somewhere. I mean, I could. Well, hey, hey, I'm all up for that too. I'm all up for that. I, mean, I haven't slid into her DMs, but that is you know what? so funny. You should have seen his, oh, your face was classic, Joe. I love after to just come after on this spot. podcast. You know what Joe's doing. I know, okay. right? <laughs> sliding into those dms once more but you started doing um her hair when she was 18 right Mm -hmm. around the time of laguna beach so and that just kind of has like flourished into this amazing relationship yeah so i started doing Kristen years ago and we always laugh about it i mean she had a full head of extensions with like short broken yellow hair and i was like girl i gotta fix this hair (laughs) we've been working on it forever and then it's funny like Kristen turned into one of my people like all the other celebrities I work on, like everyone loves Kristen's hair. Like there's something about it. You know, Chris, everyone wants to know about her makeup, her outfits, her hair, like even more than any other celebrity. Um, but beyond that, yeah, she is my real best friend. We've been friends for, you know, close to 20 or 20, close to 20 years now. Wow. And, um, I went on to a reality show. And when I did her reality show, it's like everyone assumed that that's like when we first started hanging out. So everyone was kind of like, who is this guy all of a sudden and Jennifer? I mean, you guys know how all the shit talking goes. Yeah. Reality show. And all of a sudden it opens up. Everyone be like, who's this guy chasing Kristen around for clout? I'm like, bitch, we've been friends for 20 years. I ain't got time yeah. for all that. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Stop. This is a glimpse of what our real life is. So right. Right. it's been fun to go through all that with her. I couldn't have done it on my own. Reality TV is a, a different world. It's so yeah. Crazy. Did you, did you enjoy it or would you never do it again? No, I, I liked it. I would, there's things that I want to do later that we are talking about, but COVID makes it hard. And so, yes, I'm totally open to it again, but in a different way, you know, doing a show like Kristen's show on E, it's her show. So I, I'm not going to act like a fool. I'm obviously not going to get in a fight with Kristen. So it just right. like, I don't know, you kind of feel like you're in this one box, which I'm fine because I'm respectful of her. I'd like to do my own thing or something fun where I can yes. be loud and do my own thing. And what yeah. so I did, but I can honestly say I've never, um, I don't get a lot of hate on social media because I enjoy being like positive and pumping people up and shouting out people and whatnot. But once yeah. I that show, I mean, the the comments and stuff that comes in, I'm like, I, I don't want to know that people like that exist, you know? Right. Like, oh, who are just miserable like that. Now, there's a lot of a lot of it's haters a and a lot whole of another. out there. Yeah. When you decide to go on the Internet and or on TV, you're like, oh, wait, where y'all come from? <laughs> yeah, it really. It hits you out of nowhere. I remember the first time I really experienced it. As I consider myself to be a strong person, but like it wears on you in a weird way. For me, I like to like people. I like to walk around and wave at everyone. I'm like, oh, they're all good people. But all of a sudden I was like, wait, is everyone a shithead? Does everyone suck like secretly? Because it's, it's like, crazy. Yeah, it messes with your head. So Well, people like to bring down a lot of people that are like doing well and, mm-hmm. you know, being able to like live the life that they kind of want to live at 10 minutes. That's what I have to tell myself too. Like, it's just, you have a lot of people around you that are your friends and your family for a reason that support you. And there's a lot of people that want to hate on that. Yeah. People, people pop into like your social media and they get like a quick glimpse and they want to make a quick uh, reaction to who, what you look like. And right. I mean, to be honest, if I popped onto my Instagram and I saw my fluffy blonde hair and like, I, I would be like, who is this goofball? You know, so like, I get it. No. Like, oh, I, no, no, but I, but I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but I do like, there's something, I don't know. I I think about this. I'll shit. tell you exactly you would what be I like, You would be like, you would be like, yeah, this, yeah, that, but his hair is perfect. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, talk, talking about your Instagram, I, I did a little, I did a deep dive in your Instagram and I came across the one video that I had to watch a couple times because it was hysterical. And I want to just know the feedback you got from it was the Britney Spears video. 
Oh. So if you guys if you guys don't follow Justin on Instagram, follow him and check out the video he does with the Everybody Needs a Gay Best Friend, the Britney Spears video. Oh, yeah, 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 the double. Oh, my God. Well, okay, so that's literally, so it's a split screen, and it's yeah. Britney's actual video of her dancing with her different outfits on, and then it's me yes. And that's who I am as a person, like as yes. a friend. Like I love, I mean, I love women so much. And obviously I love doing hair. So I love watching women get ready. I love outfits. So I will sit in a girlfriend's room and just pump them up. Like I love it. Oh so my I'm, God. We would be best friends. friends. Um, yeah. I, I'm obsessed with Brittany beyond. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> She's so good. So good. So I, now I have a question since I have the hair guru here. Now, yes. black hair in color, women of color and coloring their hair we know it breaks it's this it's that what is uh, some advice or misconceptions that people have because black women also like to color their hair hashtag beyonce what's up boo you know yeah. like right so but i went through a phase i mean i had pink hair purple hair blue hair blonde hair i had it all when i had short hair but it all broke it broke away and now i don't color my yeah. hair anymore no it's a real thing here's like so when I very first started doing hair, actually, I hung out, I lived with dancers. So I had all these dancer friends and I used to do a lot more uh, like uh, black hair. Like, uh, mm -hmm. oh, curly hair. I used to do a lot of it and I used to make a lot of like really blonde and I loved it. But then once I started doing all like the, the white girls in, in Hollywood, all of a sudden that turned into my whole clientele. But mm -hmm. there is a trick to coloring uh, black hair because really curly hair just happens it's it's more dry just by nature because yes. curly yes. hair the cuticle is a, is a bit messed up that's why it is a bit, a bit curly so you have to treat it a little bit differently you really really have to use low volume people think that you need to use strong products but actually like black hair lifts really really easy. really easily yeah. i know i mean yeah. i this is all i do so. So, so a lot of people go overboard and they use really strong products and that's where you mm -hmm. get a lot of breakage I would use the most gentle products on them and I would get them super, super light. And then I would um, just really be big on the, the products. I don't think that people with super curly hair should over shampoo their hair at all. That's mm -hmm. what you dry your hair out. So like mm -hmm. once a week, let your hair really, if you, okay, so I have a product called the ACV Rinse. I'm not trying to plug my product right now. Oh, please Whatever. plug it, boo. I we want to hear it. We're here for the plug. <laughs> rinse it's an apple cider vinegar rinse and this is out of this world for curly haired girls really you your hair without stripping the good oils out so like i was yes. saying curly hair is just naturally more dry so you want to make sure you keep the good oils that protect the hair on it so washing your hair as um, often as possible with the acb rinse will give hair a break so it's all about taking care of it once you leave the salon but in the salon you need somebody who understands how to lift and light you know yeah what about yeah. guys hairs like what, what should i do with mine Guys' hairs. Because it's also, it's short. I mean, you could kind of like dry it out a little bit and get a haircut, cut the ends off. I mean, I couldn't, I wouldn't color my hair though. Wait, I have to say, can you pull up that has really good hair, Afro? Yeah, really good hair. Yeah. Wait, I'm going to see if I can pull up this picture. I have really curly hair. It gets really curly. It's pretty. I got pull it out too. Um, I do have to say, oh no, blow it out? Yeah, I could. But I, I mean, my hair's, I don't even really put anything in my hair, to be honest. Oh gosh, you're just perfect. <laughs> no, tell her if you could pass that out to Kristen Cavallari, I'd really appreciate oh, it. You know? wait, Joe. Can, you, can you see this? Joe's invitation I won. Wow, I love that hair though. How yeah. hot is that? It's good. It's really I, I good. That hair. That's no product in that hair. You go, Joe. Well, 
No, I was going to say, I feel like the best people that have done my hair are people that really know African-American hair as well as like blondes and like other types of hair. I, I feel like, I don't know how to describe it, but my girlfriend. It's like it's, if you understand how hair lifts and it works, it's mm-hmm. not different. It's just kind of like, I also think that you can touch someone's texture and I can feel what they can handle with it. So it's just right. Like anybody, yeah, it has to be somebody good. But if you know how to do really good blonde hair, you can absolutely do black hair. Mm. Well, I think it's um, overthink it, being like, oh, I got to use something really strong because the hair is so dark. No, but not. also, but also the aftercare, like you said, I think is very important too because some people get their hair done and it's beautiful, and then they don't you know, oil it properly. They don't do the aftercare properly. Uh, and I, when I had my hair colored and it was the best that it ever looked is I was going to get my hair done every two weeks. And so my stylist literally said, you are not taking care of your hair. I'm now taking care of your hair, you know? And so it, it stayed nice. But when I stopped going to her, I was like, oh, well, let's got to <laughs> chop this off. Cause I didn't do what I was supposed to. <laughs> I am not just saying this. I'm sitting here watching. Like, you three are stunning. Like, you guys are so good looking. Nobody looks really? good on Zoom calls. I do so many podcasts all the time. Like, all of you have perfect skin, perfect Oh, what? what? What's going on here? This is true. Well, this is well, true. We got a Paris no, filter on this Zoom. I mean, not that looks It's the light. It's the light. Because you guys look incredible right now. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. Yeah. Okay. If you could give any of our... Uh, if you give our listeners one piece of advice on here what would it be to take care of their hair oh to take care of their hair yeah um to take care of their hair um i think that people you know since a a young age we were taught to uh, brush our teeth every day wash our hair every single day you should not wash your hair every single day you shouldn't shampoo your hair every single day i think that's where a lot of the damage comes in when you're shampooing your hair and you suds up your hair you're stripping the good oils out that's what protects healthy hair so mm-hmm. pull back from over shampooing. It sounds weird to a lot of people. People are like, no, I have to shampoo every day. My, my hair gets so oily. It gets oily because you shampoo it every day. So your scalp is overproducing oils. If you pull back, give your scalp a break, it'll even out. You'll be able to, I mean, I'm not kidding. It's not gross. My hair never smells, but like I can go over a week without washing my hair and I work out every single day, but my scalp doesn't produce a ton of oils, you know? Um, and that's why it's always protected. So pull back from the shampooing. What about wow. conditioner? Conditioner is something you need, you use only if you need. Like you don't need to put conditioner on your hair every day. Like for me, I never ever ever use conditioner. Um, if I did, my hair wouldn't have as much body. So um, yeah, I think conditioner should be like if your hair is dried out, if you color it a lot longer than it should be, and it's dry, you need to kind of add it to just the ends. But conditioner should just be an as needed thing. Mm. Look, I know you are the hair guru, and as much as we could get tips and tricks from you, I actually think that your story, like your personal story, your life is just so fascinating. And I think that there's so much to be said there. And I just, I want to know more about you. Do you mind if we dive in? Oh, ask me anything. I'm an open book. Okay, cool. But I just, I know that you grew up in a Mormon church, and like now you are living like a happy, healthy life as a gay man, especially, well, in Nashville and LA, but can you tell us more of like what that's been like in your journey to today? Um, It's funny, like whenever people talk to me about coming out of the closet, because everyone is always like, what was your story like coming out of the closet if you were raised Mormon? And um, I still almost feel guilty because I didn't have this terrible story, right? Like both of my parents gave me a big hug. All of my friends in high school were like, hell yeah, Justin, you're gay. That's great. You know, like whatever. So I didn't mm-hmm. have this, this hard struggle. But I also think that like, 
since day one, when I came out of the closet, I owned it right away. I didn't ask people like, oh, I think I might be gay. What would you think? Or like, I, I was just like, I'm gay. And I remember, you know, my big family Mormon Christmas party where we had, you know, I have like tons of cousins. I remember the first time I showed up with a boyfriend. It was just kind of like walking with the boyfriend, introduce him. And I feel like I've just always been that person that just owns exactly who I am, you know? I love that. Um, I've always known since a young age, I was a little bit different than my two brothers who were obsessed with sports and they surfed every day. And I knew I was a little bit different but I liked it. Like I wasn't like, I, I never hated myself where I was never like, why am I not into sports like they are? So it's, right. it, it is, it sounds so cheesy, but it's about like loving yourself. And like, I'm really appreciative of like who I am. I think to the fact that like, I'm a gay man, like uh, for whatever reason, I'm much more sensitive than my brothers. So I'm thankful for that. You know, I'm mm-hmm. really good at listening to women. I'm, I'm really good. I'm a huge advocate for uh, people who get bullied because I've been bullied myself. Mm-hmm. So like, a lot of who I am as an adult came from things that I felt different as a kid. You know, like the world yeah. I grew up in, there wasn't like a lot of diversity. Everyone was the exact same. Everyone played sports. And I remember from a young age not feeling like I really fit in. I wanted to experience much more out of life. And I'm thankful for that, you know. So rather than looking at the negative, I could sit and be like, oh, I was so bullied when I was a kid or I didn't fit in. But it's like, no, right. I like that, you know, because it made me a different person, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a cool perspective to have. Like, what do you have advice for kids that, who might be struggling? Because I know that you, I'm so happy you were able to feel like that positive love from like everybody. And, but and you how, also did struggle. And how old were you too? I, I mean, I knew that I was, um, I knew that I was probably gay, but I didn't know what it meant when I was really young, you know, like seventh grade, eighth yeah. grade. Um, but it took me a long time. I mean, I have, I mean, to go really deep, I have a 20 year old son. I got my high school girlfriend pregnant right after high school. We had a kid together. We put wow. him up for adoption. You know, so there was definitely a period of my life where like I was having sex with my girlfriend all the time. I dated lots of women and mm-hmm. I was kind of trying to convince myself and I, um, you know, I thought that's what I was supposed to be doing, but in the back, at the back of my mind, I knew I was gay. I knew yeah, I was can, a gay homo. <laughs> can I, can I stop yes. you there? So having sex with women and being a gay man, did you like, can you get into that? Yeah. And I can be honest, really open. Yeah. I want you to be honest. I love you too. I'm a super, super sexual person. I'm a Scorpio. And for me, a lot of it is about connection. I know for a fact that I am a gay man. Like I am attracted to men. I love, um, my partner, everything like that. But I, I don't know. I feel like people, I definitely think there might be a spectrum, you know, and I don't know enough about what the numbers. 1000%. Yeah. But I think that there's also, you know, like, I think there's people who are like, oh, like you can have a connection with someone and it's mm-hmm. like, you make this thing where it's like, you gotta be one or the other. And I even came from the place where I was like, Oh, no one's bisexual. That just means that you're afraid to come out of the closet. And I was even judgmental, but then I just like, who am I to say someone's not judgmental? And it's the same thing as like, I even know when like, you know, I, I, I get so nervous talking about all this stuff because I don't want to offend people. But even like, you know, when when transition, we start talking more about it. You know, like let's say Caitlyn Jenner comes out with her story or whatever. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't understand that. But then I had to catch myself and I'm like, but it's not for you to understand because you're not someone who deals with that. Right. Yes. So that's where it's like, I don't know. I think sexuality is so different for so many people. And I think that there are people. I mean, I remember in high school, like hooking up with. A, a guy friend of mine who's now married with kids. I don't think he's gay. I think that something happened at that point. You know, so I don't know. I think there's always right. things. I do think you know deep down what you're really attracted to and what you want to be with. You know, right? The yes. I'm more afraid of. Let me say this really. Quick. The thing that I'm more afraid of is guys who try to fake it because they think that it's right, maybe for religion or for their family. Mm. That to me is the scariest thing because I can't imagine. You know, 
Like in my Mormon family, I know, I know a lot of Mormon men who are married and they're definitely doing things on the side. That to me is worse than anything else, you know, just living yeah. a lot the rest of your life. And I know that in the Baptist world, Colton just came out mm-hmm. and I, I don't know Colton. I have no connection to him, but I did my own little version of support for him on Instagram. And it was mm-hmm. really 50-50 and it kind of blew my mind. These people coming back to me with a ton of hate about it. And mm-hmm. it's, just, I don't know, I think we're at a weird place. I'm like, would you rather the guy live alive for the rest of his life, you know? And even when you're judging him for things that happened before, I think about even when I was pretending to be straight, I was sleeping with women. I did a lot of things that I wasn't proud of because I, I was uncomfortable with myself, you know, like even conversations I had with other guys, I was in a fraternity. So I was having conversations mm-hmm. like, yeah, dude, I slept with her, like whatever. Stuff that would make me cringe now, but right. I was uncomfortable with myself at the time. And I evolved so much after coming out of the closet. And I also, I mean, you, you know, you just told us an amazing story, but you mentioned that you had a kid. So I want to know about that relationship now with, with your kid and how that's going and what's happening with that. So we, um, we immediately put him up for adoption, right? Cause we were both still in school and we, whatever, we put up for adoption, mm-hmm. a bunch of years went by and literally, I think it was like, um, probably seven years ago now, I was sitting on my couch in Los Angeles and I got a direct message from my son on Instagram. <gasps> I literally just no. said, hey. Yeah, it said like, hey. And I remember like seeing the little picture. I'm like, why is that cute young kid writing me on Instagram? So I opened it up and then I looked at his picture like, oh my God. And then he wrote like, do you know who this is? And I was like, whoa. So then we started text messaging. Then we started talking on the phone. My family and his family, we had dinner together. It was this amazing experience. Him and I got to have a lot of words with each other where we talked about everything. I explained to him where he, where uh, his mom and myself were at the time and why we made the decision that we did. And it was amazing. He gave me the biggest hug ever. He's like, thank you for giving me life. I have the most beautiful family now. And we've kept in touch. We text all the time. We talk all the time. I was just talking to his, his uh, adoptive mom the other day. And um, it ended up being a beautiful thing. And his That's mom, amazing. are you guys still in contact? His uh, uh, biological mom? My high school girlfriend, we still talk every once in a while. Like just the other day, I sent her a ton of hair products and we talk <laughs> about like random stuff. But um, but yeah, we're totally cool with each other. And it's 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 funny because at the time, like I was so in love with her. Like I loved her. But now looking back, I'm like, oh, I loved her. Like I love my friends. Or my yes. Like I wanted to protect her and I wanted to be there for her. Yes. Um, so it's just different, you know. Life is interesting. You just have to like go with the flow, you know. Would you? That's so great for someone that for someone that isn't ready to have a kid and they you know accidentally get someone pregnant. Would you recommend adoption? Um, it, yeah, it was a beautiful thing for us. Um, and now you know, to each their own. Everyone has their own thing, and I never talk about politics and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's interesting because it makes abortion. I'm definitely uh, pro-choice. I think it should be mm-hmm. whoever. It's, it's a woman. I, don't, I also don't think that men should have a say about it. Like women should figure that part out, you know, like whatever they want. But it's, it's, it's a weird thing. I'll be really honest. Like it made abortion really real to me because it's like here I am like uh, communicating, talking to this person who's now, you know, 15 years old when I, when I actually met him in person. I'm like, wow, because we did have a lot of conversations about abortion. So, you know, it does, yes. raise, it does raise a question. But um, adoption is beautiful. He has an amazing family. His parents um, couldn't have kids and they adopted this beautiful boy who grew up to be an awesome, awesome guy. So it, it was a good story for us. Wow. That's beautiful. Did you ever expect for him to reach out to you? 
I kind of felt like at some point he would, you know? And then like, as I, you know, years ago when I was doing a lot with like my clients on Instagram and I was like making a name for myself on Instagram or whatever. And I was, I was like, there's going to be a point where he could easily find me, you know? Right. I I was like, I wonder if he's ever looked on Instagram or anything. So when he reached out, it was, it was pretty incredible, but yeah, I knew it would happen at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. I mean, and, and everything that you're saying, and I love this because everything that you're saying, you've had these good experiences and Mm -hmm. for people who are unsure it's nothing to feel like you were saying about coming out you didn't have this terrible experience but that's the thing people have this connotation that it will be a bad experience but it could be good and that's the beauty of you know you telling your story and people Mm -hmm. hearing your story because it these negative connotations that society has put on things it can possibly go the other way and that's where this is beautiful I love that because I do live in a place of like, uh, I believe in all that stuff manifesting, putting out the energy that you want back. And, you know, it's like, I didn't even give time to the negativity. You know, if I felt anyone was mm-hmm. kind of off about it, I was just like, oh, that's not my thing. Or if they're, if they're ever re- willing to come and talk to me about asking questions, I'll totally be open to it. But I don't feed into any of that kind of negativity stuff about myself. I won't even stand for it, you know? Yeah, so, smart. I think that's it, the healthiest way to be. That's incredible. And it's, and it's hard to do, but it's definitely like, once you get to that place, you see how much higher you like vibrate. Like the people around you just love you and surround you. And you're just like, that's, that's who I want to mess with. Those yeah. are my people. I mean, yeah. We can set that energy up for ourselves. I really uh-huh. always, like, you don't have to focus on the negatives in the life, you know, in our life. Like people always ask me like, how do you stay so positive? Cause in my normal life, I am a positive person. I get a lot done. I'm excited. And it's not hard for me. Like, that's just what I want to focus on. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I laugh at negative things that happen to me. I like, you can do it. Yeah. And I I know we're getting a little long here with the interview, but I do want to know what made you start your own line. How did that start? Tell us about that. Because he's a hair guru. He's a genius, baby. He's a genius. But but I mean, really, because some people have these gifts, but they're like, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. I don't want to. Absolutely. If I knew now, you know, now I'm at the point in my business where it's doing really well. We're on Amazon, we're in Nordstrom, Sephora, Ulta. We're all over the place wow. we're about to go international. And the business is doing really, really well. But um, it took us, you know, five years to get to that point. But had I known what the past five years would look like, I'd be intimidated to go into it because it's a lot of work. It's never mm-hmm. ending. In my days yeah. in the salon doing lots of hair, you go home and then all you're doing is working on the business. All weekend I was. Um, so it was a, it was a total hustle, but I, um, I love money. Like I just, I love money and I want to have a lot of it and I want to be old and take care of my friends. I want to be able to like, you know, do whatever I want. So for yep. me, it was just like, I wanted a plan. I wanted to put a lot of money in the bank when I was doing hair and I was standing on my feet for 10 hours a day. I remember one time I threw my back out this is years ago and I, mm-hmm. it was so hard for me to work. And I was like, wait a second, I can't be standing over a, a chair doing hair at 50 years old. Right. Like, think about this. And, you know, you make a lot of money doing hair, celebrity hair. You make a lot. You know, you can put money away or whatever. But, like, I wanted to have a bigger life than that. I wanted a big, big uh, nest egg, you know? So, mm-hmm. so I my own product. And, yes, I went down that path. But it takes a lot of work. And, um, yeah, I figured out that I, I'm a hustler, you know? It's, it's Yes. But the other thing is too, I talk to a lot of people because a lot of hair people will ask me and they'll say like, Justin, like, how did you do that? Or like, I, and I was like, it's okay if you don't want to, if it's not your passion to have your own business. And like, I like working, you know, I, mm-hmm. I can't stop working, 
So if it's not for you, it's not for you. There, I, I secretly wish I was more content with things. I just always want more and more and more, not just money, but more excitement and success and like always things. I'm just not content, you know, like there's so many more things I want to do. <laughs> Well, maybe your first step to getting that lifestyle is being in Nashville and not LA. So I'm here and it has taught me a lot. I mean, I am a different person. Recently, like family came out and visited me here and they're like, Justin, you are totally different. (laughs) But I needed that. And I knew like something inside me was saying, Justin, you got to get out of LA. Because like like, doing the business and the hair, I mean, I would party and I'd go out every night, do all these things. I was like, this is not sustainable. Like I've got yeah it's fun but it's not everything i get that i get that okay justin if you could thank you so much we appreciate you being open and honest on our podcast let our (laughs) listeners know where they can follow you on instagram tiktok wherever uh on instagram i'm justin anderson or justin anderson color and then on tiktok i'm justin anderson color yes justin justin this was so fun Hey guys, I just want to say thank you so much to all of our listeners and Justin Anderson for coming on. Today was an insane episode and just his energy is infectious. So I just want to say thank you so much and good job, yes. y'all. Yes, yes, yes the positivity. We, we I'm going to be reeling from Justin's positivity. Yes, and please make sure to check us out on social and like, comment, DM us. You know where to find us at ClickbaitBN on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Share your stories with us. Whatever clickbait you're getting into this week, we want to know. Hit us up. All right. So The Bachelorette Season 16 has been nominated for an MTV Movie and TV Award in the Best Dating Show category. The winner of this category will be announced on Monday, May 17th in the inaugural Movie and TV Awards unscripted ceremony on MTV. Voting is open to the public now through April 30th, 2021 at vote.mtv.com. And subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Wondery app, or wherever you guys are listening right now. Hit the subscribe button. See you guys next week. And don't forget to go to mtv.com and vote for us. Okay, thanks. Much love. Bye. (laughs) 